0: Alright, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck nicks? What the fucksters? How's it going? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. It's the one that you like. It's the podcast that you like. How are you? Is everything alright with that thing on your butt? Huh? Did you get that thing fixed? The thing you were talking about? I don't know how you're driving it if you didn't get it fixed. I don't know how you're riding it if you didn't get it fixed. What are you going to do? Wait for something terrible to happen? Get on it. Hey, congratulations. Two days sober is great. Three days sober is great. Five days sober is great. 30 days sober. Congratulations. Hey, just be nice. Go apologize. Go fucking apologize. Now, go get your fucking shine box. <laughs> Look, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I guess I'm finally where I always wanted to be. I'm the chronically broken hearted fuck who spends his life doing comedy. Finally, I didn't think it would happen. I thought like, you know, the podcast is great and you know, I'm glad I'm making some money doing comedy and I'm glad I got an audience for my comedy and I'm happy to perform for the people. But back when I was a younger man, I thought what has to happen for me just to go all in in a way with my heart and soul and mind and everything else into just being a real fucking comic. And I figured back then, well, I mean, something's got to crush you. Something's got to take it out of you. Something's got to, you know, just kill something inside of you. Yeah. Finally, I'm that guy. I'm the chronically broken-hearted guy that goes out there and opens up for the strangers, lets them in and then leaves and feels satisfied in his hotel room. 90% of the time. Finally, I've all my dreams are coming true. Today on the show, Jesus Trejo, who's a young comic who can only look forward to what I just talked to you about. Uh, he's touring a lot. I met him at the comedy store. He used to work the lot and work the door. And now he's a paid regular over there. And he has a show on the first We Feast YouTube channel called Tacos con Todo. And uh, I'm on the latest episode. You know, I got to be honest with you. I'm not a um I'm not a huge uh California Mexican food dude. Uh I I guess it's cuz I grew up in New Mexico, I don't know, but you know, I'll eat just about anything once or 9 times or for my entire life. It's hard to know what that's going to be. Lately I've been craving Asian soups. And that's new, but I think it's a carb hookup with the noodles. I think secretly I've always been afraid of pasta because of the carbs, but for some reason I think if the noodles are in Asian soup, they're not the same kind of carbs It's just a bowl full of pasta, which is not fucking true. But I did uh I did the um the tacos con todo and we went to this place that's uh, kind of in this garage space next to a factory that stone washes blue jeans and this guy makes the best goat tacos. Some sort of goat uh preparation and he's just doing it there until he runs out i think he's got a deal going with the guy that runs the factory that stonewashes pants which we took a tour of for the show we weren't supposed to be in there but we just saw these vats and big uh big uh containers full of like pumice rock and uh, they really do actually stonewash the jeans but this place does it on a big scale for big companies and it's a you know, it, it's not a great-looking factory. It does not look safe in any way. And neither do the tacos, to be honest with you. But I ate them. I ate some goat tacos, and I ate some goat spinal cord, and I ate goat with gravy uh, on it on a tortilla. And I did all that stuff for Jesus because uh, he wanted me to. And uh, I like him. And he was one of those guys who I just saw all of a sudden, anyways, to me, pop and become funny right before my very eyes. Did I mention I'm the chronically broken hearted guy out there on the road pretending like he doesn't have a broken heart entertaining the people? That's me. Finally, I made it. I made it. Where's the sad guy? Nope. Not sad. That's so not true. I'm so far into the sadness uh, in the bits. It's amazing. And these people are amazing too. These lucky people who are able to engage in the presale right now for all of these New dates. New dates. The password is TIME, T-I-M-E. General admission tickets go on sale tomorrow, Friday, June 3rd. For these dates, are you ready? Indianapolis, Indiana on Friday, August 5th at the Old National Theater. Louisville, Kentucky on Saturday, August 6th at the Beaumard Theater. Yeah, let's say it like that. Lincoln, Nebraska on Thursday, August 18th at the Rococo Theater. Des Moines, Iowa on Friday, August 19th at Hoyt Sherman Place. Iowa City on Saturday, August 20th at the Inglert Theater. Tucson, Arizona on Friday, September 16th at the Rialto Theater. Phoenix, Arizona on Saturday, September 17th at Stand Up Live. And Boulder, Colorado on Thursday, September 22nd at the Boulder Theater. The Phoenix ones are on sale now. No pre-sale on that one. And also, I'm going to be in Vegas next month. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour uh, for all of these links to all of these dates. And the pre-sale is currently happening. The password is time. And I will bring my chronically broken heart, stifled bullshit right to your town. You want in? Do you want in? It's watermelon time. Here's what's going on. You know, it's the drought is very frightening out here in California fires are very frightening i've talked about this before and i realize, like how much time do i have to get out you see what's going to happen is we're all going to need to leave the west coast and the west coast according to some on the you know the more uh radicalized right wingy types uh we're the problem the elitist progressive liberal jews of whatnot and by the way woke means jew by the way big pharma jew by the way socialist jew but here's the point Whether we are those things or not, Jews or not, progressives or not, Democrats or not, is eventually climate change is going to force a migration. Now, the way things are going now in this, what they call the uh, it's not a democracy, according to the uh, ultra right people, it's a constitutional republic so i imagine at some point the midwest is going to balkanize into something that is against the rest of the world some sort of i've talked about this before i think some sort of christian fascist rape culture forced birth shit show and it's starting to feel to me like you know right around the time we're gonna have to get out of the west coast and the western states because of drought and fire and everything else and migrate inland they're, we're, they're, they might close off their, their boundaries to the new uh, to the new country within the mid Midwest. And we're going to have to fight it out. And that's going to be weird. We're going to have uh, civil wars over water within the country. That's I'm prophesizing, But this is also maybe advanced cue. I don't know. I'm making it up as I go along. But what I'm saying is maybe it's time for all of us progressives and radicals and Jews and uh Democrats of all kinds, all the people, trans people, all of us, the big tent to just sort of quickly and rapidly move inland and just start offering people in Arkansas and Idaho and uh, not Idaho so much, maybe Oklahoma and, uh, and Kansas, just offering them money for their houses and, and moving in. That'll change the um, political profile of the state. Just the mass migration of progressives into the Midwest before they close down the border and we become two countries. Anyway, just speculating, just thinking out loud. I got my sprinklers fixed. I'm trying to comply, and I don't know. It's just so fucking sad because, like, I know what's going on, you know, and I know it's, you know, I I don't want to use too much water, but I also want to enjoy my yard, and that might mean I have to leave. I have to leave. There's no reason I can't enjoy my yard. The only reason is because I live in a state that's got no water and it's about to all be on fire. I got to get out. I got to get out before they close the border of Oklahoma. Listen, Jesus Trejo is here. The episode of Tacos Toto that I'm on, uh, you can watch it now at the First We Feast YouTube channel. And uh, I like this kid. I like this kid. He's He's coming up. So what happened? You were what? What did you do? You were at CBS? What happened?
1: Yeah, I had a I had a meeting. It was a notes meeting. I got this project brewing. Oh yeah. You know we sold a project and uh, yeah yeah we are getting notes and then getting ready to take it out wide. Oh, so it's a project. Yeah, it's a uh, it's. Is it a sitcom? Yeah, a sitcom for you. Yeah, for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was loaded. That was a loaded. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: That's still happening.
1: <laughs> you went out there and you sold a little show. Yeah, man. I'm 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 just trying. You know, just uh, enjoying comedy and 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 just yeah, putting stuff on paper to see if people like it. And if not, you keep creating. So, I guess. what was the process? Is this your first like deal? Uh, we had taken out some stuff, but this is the first one where we, as in you and who? I, I co-wrote it with uh, Caesar. One of the so he's a right. He's the only Latino writer on The Simpsons. and oh, we're, yeah. we're we're co. Uh, taking this thing out and it's been great it's uh, you know um, yeah this is your time man hopefully we'll see (laughs) I, I, I mean we'll see we'll see how the cookie crumbles but you know just excited and putting in the work and uh, so what
0: was the process? What did you do? You wrote a script, or you just got an idea? Uh,
1: pitch. Yeah, we put a pitch together. We went different uh, production companies. Yeah, and then uh, you know, Cloud Nine. You know, the idea re- really resonated with them. Oh, and so they're a production company. A production company. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, so and they have a first look with CBS, and you know, we got paired up, Caesar and I, and we really hit it off. You know, it's like you know, only childs uh, grew up in a very similar family dynamic. Oh, yeah. And uh, we, yeah, we put this thing together and, and, you know, the project uh, Inner Child is the running title of it right now. Oh, yeah? So he had a deal with CBS? Uh no, Cloud Nine. did. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. but so Caesar, you didn't know him though. They put him. No, in... no, no. Yeah, they introduced us. Well, it, it's funny because I met him years before. I went in audition for a project that uh, he had called High and Mighty. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And that he had written. I, that he had written. Yeah, yeah. Directed the whole shebang. Yeah. Went out audition. Met, met him there. So when we met in the room, Cloud Nine put us together. Yeah. I was like, Hey, you look familiar. You look familiar. And we kind of look kind of the same it's like a it's like an nft variant you know yeah. where it's the same thing <laughs> that's what it's like we're both <laughs> nft variants of each other and um uh, it just clicked and we were able to really bring some stuff to paper and we we want to take it out to streaming services like uh oh. like a Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Okay. Um, so what is the show that I did that's yours, the Taco Show? How does that work? Man, uh, tacos con Todo, Which, by the way, <laughs> thank you for doing it. I didn't. I, I mean, when when I was in the parking lot, I I, I remember walking into the store and you walked by. He's like, I think I'm doing that thing. I said, Wow, thank you so much, Mark. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I I couldn't believe it and, it, and it and it meant the world. This is uh, tacos con Todo. It's you know we have it over at uh. Um, First we feast complex. What it, is that? Uh, First we feast is, is so they do hot ones. Okay. Oh so, yeah. So they have a have ton of been on that show. No. Huh. No, I've I, not yet. I've never been on that show. That's where you eat the pepper. Uh, The wings, and each wing gets gradually hotter, and they ask you hot questions. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so uh, I don't know why they never asked me to be on it. Oh, I'm I'm sure they want to have you on. it. You think so? Yeah, well, we didn't think you were gonna do tacos con todo. Yeah, I mean, so it's like they would love to have you over there. Believe me. And um, so yeah, they so this show we're on the third season. Uh, Justin Bolis, who's an amazing. I mean, I tell him all the time, he's a genius. He's he's now the VP over at. uh, uh, first we feast and he is he's amazing. He's all things food. He's in, he's dialed yeah. in. Yeah. And uh I guess he had saw a podcast that I had done with uh with Bobby Lee. Yeah. And um reached out, we had meetings and, and, and that kind of thing. So they already had this IP and this idea and it's like, would you like to host it? I'm like, I've never hosted anything, way to like block my blessings. You know, yeah. as I say that in a, a meeting. I've never hosted yeah, yeah. before. I don't
0: know how to do any of that. Yeah.
1: That's the self sabotaging aspect sure. of the comic, you know. Or, yeah? or honesty. Yeah. Honesty. Yeah. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. And um he was just very kind. He really understood uh the angle yeah. that I that I brought to the table and I, I love his work. Which was what you know, tacos? Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a guy with a belly, so that's my credential, I guess. I, I got. <laughs> but is the whole show tacos? So it's it's basically eating foods like we basically map out all the great. Taco spots that are popping up everywhere from trucks to backyard speakeasies so across it's all the Tacos. Light. Tacos. And then I get to talk to comedians yeah. who I'm friends with. Eating fans tacos of. Eating tacos.
0: Now, let me just ask you now, because I, I was trying to figure it out. So, <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell, tell, okay. tell me what I ate.
1: You ate birria, which yeah. is uh, goat meat.
0: Right. I don't mind goat. I've eaten Arab goat before, Indian goat maybe some greek goat
1: this is the first i think mexican goat i've eaten yeah this is so so there's been a like a, a like like a big birria craze in la cause is that they, true yeah because, i mean i am
0: not on the pulse i didn't know there was a big goat craze going well, on
1: well i think food trucks and tacos yeah, right yeah. now is it's like are having a big moment right and it's like you know in that area where you went to to go eat birria. yeah where uh, was that that was in Boyle Heights. Okay. Yeah, right in front of the projects, right there. Right. Uh, great area of like just so many food trucks, and uh, so the one that we took you to was uh, It was in a factory, I think. Yeah. So we <laughs> took you <laughs> to <laughs> one of the best spots. It's not even a birria taco, which is what's popular right now. Yeah. They make it in a the taco. They yeah. put cheese. This is out of the oven yeah. consomme, which is a like you know a kind of the st- yeah the yeah. soup that came stew. with you. Yeah. And but that's the most authentic. Uh, style of birria yeah you could possibly have. And I just thought it was so great to put you in that space because it's like this guy, Hector, is is like blowing up because he does such an authentic recipe and the food is so great can he handle the uh the orders does he get i mean i mean scarcity just, i mean it, it, it just goes until it runs out it goes until it runs out he opens at eight he's done by 11 yeah probably even earlier but this guy started in the garage so so this guy works yeah. next door at a denim i know we went in there that was crazy we're in this space in like
0: a it's not even a parking lot it's like in between buildings yeah and then there's a denim factory where if they don't make denim, they stone wash it. Yeah. it's only it, That's all they do at that place is stone wash shit. Yeah. And we went in there and it was like, it was probably not safe.
1: No, not at <laughs> all. We, we didn't have a hard hat. We didn't have anything. We didn't. Yeah. It the lights good. weren't even on. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> great. But he works there. Yeah. He works there. So uh, the owner of the factory, you know, l- you know, allowed him to kind of set up shop in this alleyway kind of garage. Kinda... Did he take a cut that guy? I'm sure he does. <laughs> I mean, it's La baby. Is he family though? I think so. I think they might be related in some way. But you know, he he works there during the week. On Saturdays only, he's able to set up shop. Yeah. And the through like the connector here was, like, how great would it be to bring in Mark Marin who yeah. started in a garage and right. had this great right. podcast blow up from there, much like this man who yeah. started. In a garage, is still there, but it's getting write-ups left and right on... on I don't think I'd ever had it before. It was all very exciting. Yeah? Yeah. The spinal cord part was my favorite. <sighs> that wasn't great. Oh, it, it wasn't... Tell me what was going through your mind as we're, as, as we're eating this, because I'm so curious. <laughs> no, I'll eat anything. I don't give a shit, man. I'll try everything, but it, I
0: thought it was good. But I remember the spinal cord part, because it looks like spinal cord. Oh, yeah. And that... <laughs>
1: it, it, <laughs> why was that your best part? You like it? I mean, it's part of the thing. It's 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 kind of like a mixture of stuff, and I see you kind of picking at it, and you looked over at me, and you're like, "God, dang it!" Hey, it's like, "Why'd you bring that look?" It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. because of the spinal cord. That's what that's what you wanted. You got what you wanted. No, no, that wasn't it. That that happened to be on there, but it it was just. I mean, I was blown away that you would say yes, and you would come out. I mean, I come on, dude.
0: That's
1: all right. I'm a you know, I'm a fan. I'll do things
0: occasionally. You know, I mean, I've watched you. Like, I, I remember like cuz I go to the store I've been going there on and off for however long since and 87 since when since 87 right <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but i mean but like since you've been there when did you get there i got there like around 2009 or 10 really yeah cuz i got past uh, september seventh, two 2012 with the adam or tommy uh through tommy yeah yeah through tommy
0: so when did i get back i mean i was around yeah i mean i was around so i saw you since when you were like a baby
1: comic Oh yeah, for sure you did. Like when did you like? What were your door lock guy? Uh, I did a little bit of everything, but mostly it was a lot. You yeah, know, I they they stuck me in the lot. Um, I worked everything. I did phones at the time. Remember the bathrooms used to be kind of facing the uh, the OR. The, like the doors were kind of by right, the, and the phone was there. Uh, the uh, Payphone. Oh, the payphone. That's right. <laughs> uh, so I I those bathrooms used to clog up a lot. So Adam was the GM at the time. Adam Egit. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, every so often I'd work the back door and he'd be yeah. like, uh, hey, man, <laughs> you got to go uh, unclog these uh, toilets. And they were overflow and there was floaties and uh, I'm kicking a turd down the hallway. Oh, my I mean, God. it was it was I did I did everything there because I knew it was a uh, opportunity for me to go there. And I was it was like tuition to yeah. learn. I guess it's so funny because like, I used to think
0: that way, too. You know, and I, did, <laughs> <laughs> and, I and I do because I did it. You know, I was a yeah. door guy. But then, like, I heard Chappelle talking about, uh, I can't remember where he was talking about it, but when they, you know, when he found out that there were comics working those jobs, he's like, what? Yeah. Why would you do that? Like, I never really thought about it like that, because, like, either you buy into the store or you don't, right? So yeah. there are people that come in there and they're just sort of like, I just want to do comedy. And she's like, well, you, you know, you got to work the door. And they're like, fuck you. I'm gonna go. But for yeah. me, I was like, all right, I'll just live at this place.
1: Yeah, I I'm no stranger to hard work, and I knew that if I could put in some sweat equity into the place, yeah. I was going to be a part of the place and really learn about it. So it was, yeah, I I took on any shift that I could from seating, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, lot, phones, maintenance. I mean, now it,
0: was yeah. Mitzi cognizant? Was she? conscious when you were there, when you got so there? So
1: Mitzi wasn't in, involved in a day-to-day business, but I did get to meet her because I toured with Paulie quite a bit. You know, oh, yeah? You know, over the years, I met him there at the parking lot, and one of the really cool things... Hey, buddy. Dude, he Jose Trejos. <laughs> he called me... He still calls me Jose to this day. I don't think he knows my real name. <laughs> no. No, he's great. Uh, Jose but, Trejos. But when we would come back from, like, touring, yeah. he did this really cool thing that I'm so grateful for. It's like... He let me go buy a Christmas tree, and I get to go set it up at Mitzi's place on Doheny. Yeah, and I'd set it up, and she'd be there, and you know, I... Christmas I'd, for the Jews. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, it, it was, it was great. I mean, and you know, no more than a couple words of ex- you know exchanging back and forth. I kind of kept to myself, but I I set up the tree, and it was just to me. It was you hear this legend of of, of Mitzi, like the Mother Teresa of comedy, kind of like, Oof. and I was able to see her yeah, there live. Yeah, live. Putting her tree in her house. Yeah, it was and great. She's looking at you, confused. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't speak much to her. I, I, yeah, I yeah, kept yeah. to myself, but yeah. the act of that tree was, it meant the, it yeah. it meant the world to me. You I know? just
0: love that the old Jewish lady's got a Christmas tree. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> that a guy named Jesus is setting up <laughs> in her living room, and she barely knows what day it is. It's a beautiful image. Polly's a, a character. So, like, when did,
1: uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Long Beach, uh, oh, Eastside yeah. Long Beach. Born and raised. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, like, what was that? When? when, How old are you now? Uh,
1: I'm I'm 35. 35. Born in 86, the year before you started at the store. (laughs) That's your point of reference. Yeah, yeah. Point of reference. So, what was? How big a family? Uh, Interesting. So I, I'm 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 only child between my mom and dad. Yeah. But I I do have a pretty uh big uh, I have half siblings. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were both married before. Uh, uh kind of interesting. This is, this is a juicy part here. <laughs> yeah. The, the real spinal cord of the, of, of, of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, my mom and dad are not married to each other. Right. You know, so my dad is married, uh, or, or, or was married, um, to, uh, uh, so he had another family in Mexico essentially. Okay. And, uh, so yeah, my mom, did your mom know that? Uh, I think so. I, I I didn't know that. I was late to the party, Wait. so it, it, it was like a, a slow reveal over over the years. And it was like, oh, I started putting two and two together. I'm really, like, this is gnarly. Wait. So okay. So your dad's living here, but he's legal, right? Uh. So he's an American citizen now. But right. yeah. So he came to the country to work. Meets mom. My dad's a gardener, construction worker. Uh, did construction during the week up in like Palos Verdes. Yeah. And uh did. Uh, you know, gardening work up there, and yeah. you know around town. So my mom cleaned houses, and she was a nanny. So I like to say that my parents met on the circuit. You yeah. know, I just you yeah, know it's yeah, like yeah. all the people that would go up the hill into Palos Verdes to work. So they met each other, and and um, one thing led to another, and then I'm here, and then it's like, oh, dad has another family. Really? Yeah. And um, was he sending money back, or how did it work? No, he was he he was going like for years. He would go um, during Christmas. Uh, to spend to time, yeah, to spend time with his family. So dad was gone during the holidays, and he'd come back early in uh, the following year. And you didn't know. I I, I mean, t- I put two and two together. And w- like, how I, old were you? Eventually, I'm like, oh, so that's why mom cries. Uh-huh. I thought mom was a party pooper trying right, to ruin right. Christmas, and it's like I I get it, ma. But she's got other kids too. No, my uh, I'm I'm my mother's only child. Oh, and but dad has family out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you met him? I, I I did through like here and there. It's like there was a so so there was a brother. Where, that, where, where's your dad now? Uh, he's here. Yeah, we're yeah the whole squad's here. Mom, yeah. dad, and I. <laughs> so and um, you met him. What do you mean you met him? Uh, I I met. So I had met a brother, uh, a half brother of mine, uh, when I was younger, and I didn't know the context or who he was. And then he went back. Then he came out here for a little bit, stayed with us, and then. I'm a slow learner, Mark, yeah. so eventually I'm like, ah, you're you're a half-sibling, right? And then during COVID, there was a situation that happened, and they Just all now. came down here. Like uh, in 2020, height of 2020, like yeah. I would say, like uh, height of pandemic, maybe like- it was the summer so maybe August. Yeah. Uh they came down and I got to meet them all and they're like again NFT versions of like my dad. I'm like, "Oh, this mustache went in a different way, right. you know?" It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. slightly taller dad. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. And a chunky younger dad. Yeah. yeah, it's a And uh so brothers and sisters. How so, many? Uh four that I know of. <laughs> yeah, so you can't get information. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's it's a need to know basis. I think is what my dad. He's slow rolling me with uh-huh. this stuff. I guess uh-huh. it's it's complicated, but it's it's. But you're 35. Can he come clean on that? I'm not old enough to know yet. I mean, no, I'm playing. <laughs> There'll come a time when I'm mature enough to know that information. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you get along with the guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's there's a WhatsApp. Um group chat, and you know they chime in there, some of them do some of them don't, uh but your dad's here, yeah, my dad's here I'm a you know I'm a caregiver to both of my parents, oh really, yeah, yeah, so I'm a caregiver, I've been a caregiver for such a long time. how long mm, a long time what does that mean uh so so my mom has always been kind of ill in one way or another, um, and then uh so like in two thousand thirteen, my mom got like a brain tumor, right, yeah Uh, maybe 2012, 13, like somewhere around that. So they, they couldn't find out what was wrong with her. And they found out it was like, we thought it was cancer. We were like the whole shebang and it was like meningioma. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so they went in there and they, so it's like a brain tumor of, of, of the brain. There was like a mass on the left hand side. Yeah. They went in there, they did surgery. It was like insane. And then, you know, that greatly impacted my mom's like cognition movement. Yeah. Um, and then. Over the years, it just complicated things so much, and right now we're like kind of dealing with like this pretty heavy onset of like dementia. And then years ago, like my dad got colon cancer, and you know, getting treatment, and you know, being the only child, was kind of yeah. like juggling career, life, and and caregiving. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was a documentary that ARP Studios uh, they did a project right after they did a dinner with Don Rickles. Yeah. They took on this project called Care to Laugh and they,
0: AARP. Yeah, AARP. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, they they followed me for like a year of like caregiving and doing mics. I'm like, you know, at that time driving up here to do mics and that kind of thing. And also juggling this like heavy stuff, you know. So as I'm doing comedy at night, you know, going back. And then my dad went to Mexico to get treatment. Yeah. And I'm left with my mom. So it's like, you know, juggling the gardening business. So it's like, I, I, I even said in my specialists, like I feel like there was a moment in time where it's like, I felt like I lived the American dream backwards. Cause I went to college, followed my dreams, and then mowed lawns. Yeah, I mean, so it's like that's that's life, man. Uh, but was I, it special called again? The special stay at home son. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, was on yeah. Showtime. Right, right, right. And, but yeah, the documentary kind of explores that. But yeah, it's like, um, yeah, caregiving has a has a big part in in in, in my comedy. I mean, it's like, that's where I draw from. And the definition of who you are. Yeah, I I, I mean, yeah, it comes so out of sacrifice. Went, and you went to high school down there in Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Wilson High School. And then
0: uh and when when did they first start getting sick?
1: Uh so my mom had like some like knee stuff, like cartilage kind of uh issues. So that was like that was like high school for me. And then um but that's just walking thing, right? Yeah, it's like Mobility. a walking thing. They just work their, like they've always worked so hard. Yeah. You know, so it's like they you know, their body really aged. Yeah. And, and you know, in their in their Early, uh, late 50s 60s it was already kind of like they were so now they're like 75 76 but they're you know they're yeah. they, they've aged quite a bit just because of the work that sure. they've had to do since they were kids yeah um so it's well, like it's 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 just
0: kind of sad but interesting that that their experience as you know uh Latino Americans is like just that you know that that fairly that one that it almost is not stereotypical. But that he's a gardener and she was a cleaning lady. Yeah, there's it's some crazy. stereotypes. There's no, some... but it's just sort of like you don't... Like, that is the experience for so many, you know, yeah. immigrant people. That they start at this level.
1: Right. You know? It's also interesting because even though I was born here in Long Beach, born and raised... Yeah. You know, Spanish was my first language. English, I, I didn't have full command of the language until um, maybe fifth grade. Yeah. I as a matter of fact, even in high school, I'm still in ESL class. Uh, yeah, ESL English as a second language classes, and I, I I went in and petitioned to get out of it by senior before senior year because I'm like, I'm not learning anything here. It's like yeah. I'm, I'm rifling through stuff, and it's like there isn't a challenge here for me. Right. And then you know if, you know having to deal with that, and then going into City College, kind of figuring out the city college deals. Like, do I go what to college that? here? Yeah. You know, I went to Long Beach City College, and then it's like trying to figure out f- like higher education. Uh, then transferring to Cal State Dominguez Hills. You know, I graduated there with a business degree. And then uh, telling my dad that I'm t- telling my parents I'm about to be a comic. They're like, man, you have this education, something that we would have killed for, essentially. Yeah. You have this great opportunity. We've sacrificed so much. Yeah. And you're telling me you're going to go. Be a clown. It's like that's a hard pill to swallow. But me knowing that, like, the work ethic, the, inherent to, the inheritance that was passed on to me early on from my dad, work ethic, I'm like, trust me, this is going to take a while, but this is going to be a long wow. internship. And it's that like, was before your dad got sick. That was before my dad got sick. I, I was mowing lawns with him, like, on, on weekends, you know, working doing that, comedy yeah. at, at night or working the store at night on the weekends. So, what was
0: it that, like, you know, What made you decide that that was the way to go? Like in terms of you just went to the college just to uh, make sure you had a degree?
1: I mean, you do what people tell you to do. And also like my parents wanted, like my parents never had any schooling. I think combined, they probably have a second grade education. So I know education is a big thing for me. Sure. And um, so I think I I, I definitely wanted to do it and and was told I needed to do it, but also felt in my heart that it was important. Yeah, I mean, to learn those skills and... Um, I wanted to do this and that, and eventually, I you know everything clicked. I'm like, I just need to graduate because I want to do comedy. Well, what what made you realize that? When did you realize that? Just comedy, like like that burning desire to do comedy, and it's like. But who are you watching? What made you think that? like Oh man, it's like I've I've, I've been a fan of comedy. I, I mean, so again, I don't have command of the language, so my first. Uh, into comedy was Mexican comedians, Chespirito, you yeah. know, who, who did Chavo del Ocho, and he was such an amazing writer. Yeah. The name Chespirito breaks down to little Shakespeare. He was okay. a tiny guy, and yeah. he was such an amazing playwright. I have no
0: idea what that guy does.
1: Oh, man, he's he, he's amazing. Cantinflas was another one. Cantinflas
0: for me. was, well, that's old timer.
1: Yeah, old timer during Charlie Chaplin days, sure. who Charlie regarded him as one of the funniest comedians ever. La India Maria, which was this indigenous woman. You uh, were watching Cantinflas? Yeah, I was watching Cantinflas as a kid, and that was where'd you get on video? Uh, just on on TV and uh, oh yeah? yeah yeah VHS that oh, kind they of have stuff the, on the on the uh, Mexican TV
0: they got repeats and stuff.
1: Yeah yeah they would play stuff like on weekends on uh, Univision that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and then uh, it's like slowly I start getting into stand up comedy. Yeah, I mean I'm, I'm Spanish speaking. Under- Yes, a little bit. You know, there was a show called Sabado Gigante, and every so often they would bring in uh, comedians, but they would tell jokey jokes. So-and-so walks into a bar, da-da-da. Street you know, jokes. Street jokes. And I would write them down. I had a whole notebook full of them. But then I started getting into stand-up. Was your dad a fan, or, 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 or are you just watching the uh, the television and you are just picking up on it? I was probably, like, hyper-aware to this, like, c- comedic stuff because I would see maybe my parents the only time they would like laugh and that kind of thing so i think it was one of those oh yeah core memories where i'm like everything else is yeah but right now they're laughing they like this so so maybe that was like a formative thing what's the other guy's name uh so you have cantinflas you have chespirito and chespirito does he do uh he's not stand-up no he's not stand-up it was it was very much like uh sketches Uh and almost like a like um Like a sitcom of sorts. There was a kid that lived in a wooden barrel and his whole, um, goal in life was to get a ham sandwich and he Uh was very poor and he lived in a barrel in the middle of this neighborhood and there was like, uh, the, the single older woman, you know, who, who the college, the local school professor would go over there. Yeah. Professor Jirafales. And Uh there was a single dad with a daughter and, um, there were all these characters that had this community, um, yeah because I, I don't know like having not seen it or
0: not understanding the language it always struck me what little i saw i would always sort of think that the mexican television comedy was very broad very big very theatrical
1: yeah it it can be and there were these like kind of like comedic archetypes that I think people gravitated I mean look at Cantinflas Cantinflas was a street sweeper like he walked around with the trash can on wheels and he would sweep and he had a red handkerchief he had like a sailor hat his pants were sagging they were ripped but he was able like he went on to do many variations of this character he was a priest he was this so he put himself in these situations and it was always very nice and endearing and you know that was definitely my formative uh, comedic uh, influences moving into stand-up. Now, as a kid, I'm watching um, uh, Bobby's World, that's Howie Mandel's thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Life with Louie, Louie Anderson's yeah, cartoon. Cartoons. So, yeah. So you start looking at these characters, you're like, oh, they do this thing called stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, man. So you, that leads into, oh, Don Rickles, look at this guy. How old were you when this is happening? I don't know, like uh, maybe- 10, 11, or yeah. that, that kind of thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah around that age- and uh, now, now I'm doing a deep dive. I'm I'm watching everything. Yeah. Like, anything I can get my hands on, you'd have to go to the record store, you know, buy yeah. CDs and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, one thing linked to another is like, uh, Kennison, you know, Bill Hicks. Where'd you find those guys? How old were you when you found those guys? Yeah, I was probably like in high school. In oh, high yeah? In high school. So you were just a complete
0: comedy nerd at that point. Comedy nerd. Digging shit up. The
1: whole thing, I'm I'm consumed by comedy at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and I'm discovering guys like, George Lopez, who's sure. like, I'm. I'm, I'm I, I literally remember the moment I got kicked out of English class in high school. It was Mrs. Linker's class. Yeah. And somebody gave me a bootleg copy of, of George Lopez's comedy album. And there's a bit in there that um, he describes the only time we went to Mexico was when a family member was sick and he goes into the act out and he's like get up my mom's dying get up my mom's dying and everyone would pack in a van and go down to <laughs> yeah. mexico and that made me laugh so hard that i got kicked out of class <laughs> they took away my cd player they took away the cd which wasn't even mine it was a bullet copy but it wasn't mine yeah i so i can't give it back to him i'm like in this i'm in the hallway supposed to be thinking about you know, what I should be doing. And I'm crying, laughing, still thinking about this bit. And it just resonated with me because we would go to Mexico quite a bit, again, for my mom and dad. Yeah. Most every weekend to go see the doctor down there because one, we didn't have health insurance and it was cheaper down there. Yeah. And so every weekend for a long time, I think since middle school into like, High school, like yeah. uh, 11th grade, we were going every single weekend. Really? Yeah, because it's like my mom needed treatment for this or that. My father had n- needed treatment for this and that. Yeah. Or if I got sick, we're going to TJ. Right. I mean? And uh, so that I, I remember that was like, I, I, I think, a, a big kind of marker in comedy for me. So you would go to TJ to to see a doctor and then
0: get prescriptions?
1: Yeah. Just right there in the border town. Yeah, border town and, and Tecate. I used to spend a lot of time there in a little town uh, called Tecate. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah? Yeah, a lot of food, huh. uh, restaurants. I remember wandering by myself. It was great. There was a there was a restaurant right in front of this hospital called uh, Hospital Guadalajara. That was the yeah. name of the hospital. And uh, right in front of it, there was a restaurant called Los Albañiles, right? Yeah. You used to go over there and for a couple pesos, you get a huge milkshake, which was just banana milk and, yeah. and some... Uh, chocolate powder. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't tell me <laughs> nothing, dude. I was like king of the town, dude. I was, it was, yeah, it was just, uh, it was beautiful. So that, like hearing George
0: talk about that experience, like connected you. It resonated. It connected and it, me. And, it, and you it, knew
1: there was at least, you know, a uh, uh, Latino voice out there. Yeah, there was a Latino voice, and then you start you know, discovering, you know, your Dave Attells and, you know, it's like Mitch Hedberg, yeah. uh, Stephen Wright, these, yeah. these one-liner comics, which I became so obsessed with, yeah. you know, it's like, uh, Mitch and, and, and Wright were like big, oh, uh, uh, Ronnie Dangerfield. I mean, yeah. that was huge for me because economy of words, the flip, the derailment of this idea. I mean, why? I mean, that was literally like, I, I hear people describe heroin. and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's, what, that, that's when I discovered Mitch Wright and, and Dangerfield. That, that, that was it for me. In high school? Uh, this was maybe, yeah, high school, uh, telling the high school in, in, into college. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just listening to like Ronnie Dangerfield's 1995 special in Vegas. Like, yeah. These, these jokes where it's like... Uh, so, so many. It's, it's like, my dad, I don't think he likes me. Like, I asked for a bubble bath. He started boiling water. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, wow, how did he do that? That's like, no magician could ever like... Wow, me in that way. Even though I love magic so much, but you it's do? like, yeah, it, But you know, it's a trick. It, it's 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 a trick, but it's like, like you're giving information. You're slow rolling people with information, yeah. and then you, it, it's not this, it's that. I mean, that's a me turn is, of phrasing. Yeah, derailment, the, yeah. the 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 misdirection, yeah. whatever people call it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, in, insane. Yeah. And then, yeah, it, it's like, and to be able to do comedy at you know whatever I bring to the table. <laughs> uh, But it's it's great to be able to express myself in that way, and also do it in Spanish. Like be be able to tour Mexico and well. When did you so?
0: When did you first start doing it? Like, how did that happen? Did you (laughs) like? How did you
1: like? What did you put together to to start? Was it Spanish or English? English. Yeah, Yeah, it was in Long Beach. Um, So I'm thirty five. I'm I'm about to be thirty six. So I started when I was twenty. That was the first time I ever went on stage. Yeah. local bar in long beach my space days so i see the thing come up and i was like oh man that's like comedy down, night comedy night down the street i'm 20 i can't get into the bar i go in yeah and the guy running the show his name's cochino um i go i go up to him i say hey uh you know can i do some time or whatever he's a holder. you know 20 and then he's like yeah um you're not supposed to be here you know it's like yeah. we can shut down this bar kind sure of thing and uh, I'm like, so if I come back next week, can I go up and do a couple of minutes? He's like, if you can get past the bouncer, I took it at face value. I'm yeah. not very bright. Yeah. And uh, next week, I, I just show up. And I'm just kind of waiting it out. I see the bouncer kind of like I'm picking up on, on, on his patterns, you know, doing a little bit of recon. And then I just kind of walk in. Yeah. The show starts. I'm in the back. There was a ping pong table there. So I just kind of sat over there. Yeah. And then uh, show kind of starts. I, I don't know how this works. So it's like once it starts, I go up to him. And it's like, hey, so, you, so he's hosting. Uh, yeah, and 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 uh, you know when he gets off, brings up the first comic. I said, "Hey, you know I'm I'm here." You said, "If I could get past the door guy, he's like, oh, Jesus!'" <laughs> he's like, "Go up there." It gives me like five minutes. Is or there something. an audience? Yeah, it, it, it was a rough bar, so it was it was rough around the edges. Character, There's, oh yeah, you, a characters there, and it was a cool bar, but you know it's like it's there was a, an audience there. Is it comedy night? Yeah, it's comedy night. It, yeah. it was on a Monday, I remember that. Oh my god. And uh so I go up there, uh, I get 5 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I hit him with my fire 3 minutes, which was nothing. I got one liners. I was talking about this uh uh, th- uh there was a thing that came out on the press telegram, the Long Beach newspaper, and uh they were debating in the editorial about like <laughs> so uh they gave this guy a last meal that was on um Death row. Yeah, you know, they put him in an electrical chair, sure. and uh, his last meal he asked for like an insane amount of ice cream, and you know a bunch of other stuff. It was like a whole feast, and they were debating where their tax dollars should go to uh, towards this. So I kind of set it up very poorly, and I said if if <laughs> if if I was in that situation and they asked me what I wanted for my last meal, I would ask for a Red Bull because I heard it gives you wings nothing and that at, at that point my knees start shaking I'm like hands are shaking like a borderline about to cry yeah I try to put the mic back into the stand it doesn't do it the mic falls because it's a wireless one batteries fly out I'm like fumbling uh, out of there and my buddy's recording the whole thing my yeah. buddy Ton Lee and um he's still recording I'm I'm outside shaking teary-eyed. He's like, "How did it go up there?" I'm like, "You saw how go- I went up there." It's like, "Turn that thing off." And he has that footage. I, 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 I want to get my hands on it, but oh. I don't. I don't really want to see it because it's so painful. I mean, I'm sweating just even telling you this. Yeah, I mean, I, I can feel it. And, and he, it. and it took me a whole year before I got back on stage. No.
0: So So it has wings. That's from the advertising campaign. Yeah. Right?
1: I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring the, that, that caliber of jokes into this podcast. <laughs> no, I no, no. It's all right.
0: I, I mean, I, we've all done that. That Like, it, on the page, it feels clever.
1: How'd you tell you the, the Red Bull joke? No, I'm playing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, it's just like one of those things where, you know, you're just trying to figure out. I mean, you know, the impulse was correct. Sure. Right? You know, because, you know, you, you were fans of guys who can turn the phrase, you know, and it made sense, mm-hmm. but it, it just wasn't strong enough to, uh, to, to take off.
1: Yeah, not at all.
0: So you did one joke and that was it? <laughs> I, did, I,
1: think, I did another joke about traffic cones. Yeah, It's like who decides how far away from the hazard they're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like you slam into something honking after the fact or something like that. Yeah. Uh, being an only child, I, I probably had like one liner in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another one liner about... Uh, yeah, you get all the fucking work. seven one-liners, and they're like five minutes. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, in under three minutes, You're I'm like, I'm I'm out of there, <laughs> sweating, <laughs> sweating. The yeah, the microphone is broke. eight hundred dollars in damages on my first set. So. You had to pay. No, no. no oh, good. No, he just
0: ran out of there. No, he never he never
1: went back for a year. Never went back. I I changed numbers, everything. He he wasn't gonna uh, get a hold of me. Okay. Even if he would have called me the next day, want to come back and try again? Nah.
0: So what were you thinking for that whole year? In terms of comedy, is your dream, and you just fucking ate it, and you just couldn't bring it, pull it back together to do it again. Now at this point, your parents are sick, both of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, my, my my dad wasn't sick yet, but it's like my we were dealing with the stuff yeah. with my mom. I'm yeah. still in college. Yeah, so I'm like, I think I'm gonna really see this through. <laughs> college, college, yeah. <laughs> Double down on the college. Double down on the college. I probably bought a new uh, uh, class ca- uh, catalog <laughs> yeah, yeah. that day. Was that was was this before <laughs> or after you
0: told them you were going to do comedy for your life?
1: Oh no, that was definitely before. Right. Okay, oh, yeah, you 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 keep those things to yourself, Mark. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm until not... you're real sure. <laughs> yeah, until you're real sure, and then you just kind of go with the motions. Oh, but it, oh, it was it was just so so painful. So when you after
0: a year, where'd you end up going back to, to, to that same place? Did no, you feel I, like you had to
1: go conquer? I, I I didn't s I d I didn't slay the dragon until like years in. So I was able to go back.
0: Yeah.
1: And um uh, after like,
0: a year though, where'd you go start again?
1: Uh it was probably at a coffee shop. There was another uh coffee shop in Long Beach off of Cherry. Yeah. That uh they had an open mic and then yeah. probably like coming down out here to doing different open mics and uh and, in, and what was
0: different when you went back? determination you think i would have
1: learned but i'm like this this red bull thing i think has wings (laughs) (laughs) i think this joke has wings no fun intended here so a
0: year later you stuck with the joke
1: (laughs) yeah i was like it it won't work with monster energy drink and i i I think it's an energy specific joke here (laughs)
0: it's so funny that you get locked into this you know like this five minutes or whatever like you just can't let it go some guys can't let their their material go you know yeah but like when you're starting out, you really believed in it, though. I guess that's something. When did you finally? How many times did you do it?
1: Oh, I, to I nothing. Before I bombed you... my first five years. I mean, oh it. my god. Yeah, I'm a slow learner, man. Dude, total bomb. Pretty... I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be very careful in how I say this story, but there was a show that I got booked on. Yeah. To host, I bring my parents out. And, in yeah. Long Beach. No, at the Improv in Hollywood. What was it? What was the show? It was a show. It was a show. There was a lineup there. How, but I know. How'd you get booked on that? Uh the person running this specific show asked me to come out and you know a I comic run show? Yeah, it's like one okay. of those bringer type okay. stuff. Okay, all right, all right. So it was a bringer show and I come out and how many how many years in is this? Oh, probably five. Yeah. This is this is a f- the fifth year where I'm like I, I'm, past the the, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm past the, Yeah, I'm past the Red Bull. You past the Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, and uh so I I'm, I'm up there, I probably have Your at, parents come. Yeah, my parents come. Yeah. And uh we're in a pickup truck. Yeah. So the three of us are sitting in the same thing, yeah. You know I mean, so uh-huh. it's like, this is great. Sparkle in my eyes, hopes yeah. are high. Yeah. Parents are like, We're gonna see him do this thing he's been telling yeah. us about <laughs> 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 And uh the so I worst. go there. It's the worst. It's the worst, man. It's like <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally sweating. You. So, so we get there. <laughs> yeah, you know they check our IDs, uh, my my ID or whatever. Yeah. We go in. I check in. Yeah. Mom and Dad order probably some food or something. They're getting ready. Yeah, know? yeah. It's exciting. Show starts. I, <laughs> I go up there. I do my. Who follow? F- do you follow somebody? No, I'm I'm opening because I'm hosting. Uh, oh, you're hosting. Uh, yeah, I'm hosting. I got my flaming hot. Five minutes setup top just to yeah, you know, yeah. get, open it up yeah loosen people up yeah and uh, so I do that not good nothing next comic thank God so I bring them up and I go up there are you guys ready for your next one I'm just yeah right yeah. For, and, and now I'm I'm like you know what I should try some material sure I got, I got a minute or two in between I start yeah. doing that Um the person who runs the show goes yeah. up to me is like hey man I'm gonna take it from here what <laughs> I said you sure it's like oh yeah 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 we're gonna take it from here he's like I'll I'll host a uh, Rest of the show, I said, it's great. So you I had go, to bring oh, that guy up to, to, and you bring him up that he's yeah. gonna finish it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, so I go sit down, and my dad's like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, I said, "Was it? Well, they said uh, to come. Yeah, that they're gonna host the rest of it." He's like, "Yeah, I can see why. Wow." He's like, he's like, "Let's get the hell out of here." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I, 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 I would like that. You know, <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> brew in this funk." Yeah, and uh, let me tell you, uh, tough ride home pickup truck three of us sitting on the same pickup (laughs) truck bench i mean that was i was brutal and my dad was like just focus on school man it was like you got a good thing going over there and i was like in my head i'm like you don't know my grades you know it's like you don't know how well i'm doing over there either you know kind of thing yeah but yeah it was it it was a hard thing so at at that point it's like do i keep doing this thing and 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 just like Why am I still doing it is like because I think I'm very hard-headed. It's it's like I latch on to this thing same thing for like a like a joke or a one-liner It's like I I get obsessed with this uh, Figuring the thing out, you know, and and thank God I did. Yeah Um, so after that like that's I just the feeling of
0: disappointing family or loved ones and they're like at least your dad didn't even try to be polite
1: in a way oh he's he that's not something he subscribes to he's gonna be direct and real at all times
0: yeah and like i mean it's brutal but i mean that's really one of those sort of like you know that's it'll teach you whether or not you really (laughs) cut out for it or not
1: yeah but you just kept going you just kept going and yeah you keep going and at that point, it's like, Ugh. that. Uh, that's probably when you find out you're you're meant to do something Could dis- despite negative feedback from the audience, the people who are judging your sure. your art, you know, people around you, the people are like, why are you putting yourself through this and you still want to do it? Yeah. Stick just people with look it, looking maybe. at you like, oh, Jesus, oh, that guy again. <laughs> Oh, he keeps showing up. That guy—it's it, it, almost like that character in that movie, A Million Dollar Baby, with uh, yeah, the, oh, the, oh yeah,
0: Jay the, Baruchel's character. Yeah, that, the, right. yeah, the
1: character just keeps getting wailed on, but he keeps showing up. He and pays that, his gym membership a year in advance. It's like, and then, does he then, then here? The, the
0: bully finally just trashes him. Just yeah, beats the shit out of him. Yeah, to to wake him up and go home.
1: That's it. Just comedy
0: in general. That's what it does to you. <laughs> but so five years in, this is what happens. So
1: when do you get the job at the store? Uh, I don't, so I worked there for a couple of years. So if I trace it back from September seven, two 2012, it's like, it'll be like two years. So, oh, maybe maybe like so two you were years already a at the store.
0: You were already working at the store. Uh,
1: I, I, it was probably, th- yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was already at the store. That's when it kind of gets a little foggy. And what were you doing? Of, like, what were they letting you do at the store? Uh, three minutes. So they let you do three minutes at, at potluck. Yeah. And, and back then there was a potluck was Sunday and Monday for us. Yeah. So I could get three minutes on Sunday and Monday as a door guy at that point. I get to develop my hot three minutes, you know? <laughs> yeah. You get one development spot a week so you can go into the belly room. Right. And you get to do five whole minutes. Yeah. And that to me was like so I'm I'm getting, you know, eight, nine, ten, so it's like yeah, it's like some sometimes I, I would get longer sets in the belly room. If it yeah. may be so, it's like at minimum I'm doing six minutes a week at the store, and I'm getting some money for gas to go back and forth. When when do you feel like something clicks, So at least you know you're like, all right, thank God. <laughs> so, I would say, I would I, I can tell you what joke uh, gave me confidence. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a joke that I had because uh you know before I went all bald, I I had a comb over for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I had a full-on comb-over. I mean, this thing was gnarly, and I would spray it on, just make sure it held together, combed it. Oh, man. And uh, I would go up there, and I just started talking about it. And and that was, like, it was an act out. I could flap it, the whole thing. And I think (laughs) that one really, like, gave me confidence because it was foolproof. And I can tell you, like, I knew that I had a... Tough set the night before because I could I was really selling the comb over. I'm like yeah you hurt your neck. yeah I hurt my neck. The next day I'd be a little sore on my left side. I'm like oh yeah that that crowd was a little tough I guess. But yeah just after a while just uh, you know one of the comics I'm I'm really like a huge fan of and and just blown away by their writing and their as as a person as a comic yeah. it's like Ian Edwards so it's oh, like yeah. me watching him yeah you know night after night and well he's like
0: uh, he's like a like a like a, like a boxer. Like, he just, you know. He's like a Mexican boxer. It's like,
1: it'll be 107 and and 43. It's like, how do you get that record? You know, it's like, but he has no defeats. I mean, he is just so funny. He doesn't miss. He just, and, you know, we became good friends and just being able to see him and over the years, like, you know, getting better as as a rider, seeing, you know, being a fly on the wall. I remember when he had dreadlocks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so we have that in common. We used to have hair and now we're bald, you know. yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. But so. so, all right. So it was the, the comb over joke that that gave you confidence. Yeah. Were you like, I always thought that you were kind of, did you ever watch Madrigal?
1: Yeah, Madrigal, of course. Big fan. Yeah, he's a good comic. Yeah, he's Anybody great. He quit. He's done. Did he quit? Pretty much. No. Yeah. Is that true? Have you seen him? Well, I, I mean, he's busy with projects, I'm sure, right no, now. No, but he's but. just sort of like, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing
0: mm. it anymore. It's sort of such a sad thing. But he's just one of those dudes. He's like, I do all this other stuff, yeah. and this is where I'm making my living, and that didn't work out. And yeah. I just, but
1: you know, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. We but don't. the store, I think, you know, being able to see a lot of the, a lot of the big names, you know, as I'm coming up, I'm seeing you, I'm seeing Madrigal, I'm seeing Ena Edwards, I'm seeing like a ton of comics, but it's also learning. I mean, that sure. that, that experience yeah. of. It, it, it's insane being around it all the time yeah it's like I, I, I remember talking to you a couple times like yeah you know parking your car and then you seeing you know me do like a tough set you, oh yeah you, I was like all of
0: a sudden it's like oh that's the
1: it's he's doing it he's a, he's a full-fledged comic now yeah and you know your your shout out that you oh yeah yeah there, there was a yeah when when on on the podcast you gave me this huge shout out and people are hitting me up it's like yo he's giving you a shout out and some nice words I'm like oh there, there, there's things along the way that give you confidence. Yeah. And it's those things. It's like, I think comedy is great. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, fulfilling things like from the audience of like them laughing, applauding, it's like all these cool things. But I think as a comic, we can't kind of move forward without the respect of our peers and that means so much. Sure. You know, it's like comics that I look up to like yourself and so many others that have been so kind and gracious with their words and, you know, yeah. provided me so many opportunities. So it's like, It feels good. It's like... Well, when did you start to feel like you could talk about, you know, your
0: parents and and your situation? I mean, because that's sort of... I mean, like, I I think it's interesting that the comb over is the first kind of window into realizing, you know, what feels good as a joke. Because that's very... It's revealing and it's owning something that's kind of embarrassing. And, you know... Kinda. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But using it. So that opens up the vulnerability. So, like, after you're able to kind of take ownership of those things that are so fucking embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You can kind of do anything. So how do you start to kind of open up and talk about the, the shit, just five minutes at a
1: time? Yeah, so it's like, I, I think the real growth for me was the store, being able to have 15 minutes at a time. When you finally got to be a regular, you mean? Yeah, when I finally got passed as a paid regular. When and, was that? Yeah, September 7, 2012. Oh, that was it? Yeah, that's when I got made a paid regular and I'm getting... 15 minute spots at one in the morning at, you know, one 30 in the morning, yeah, yeah. you know, right before abravia you know, so well, it's we'll
0: like Abravaya. Is, for people who don't know is the guy who's been doing the last spot at the comedy store for like 30 years. Yeah. Is he
1: still around? I saw him at the 50th, but I don't see him at the store. I don't hang around that. late. I don't even know what that place. Looks I, like. I haven't seen him in a long time. I, I, I used to see him when I was there, like l- late nights, but I haven't, I haven't seen him in a long time. When I was there, he used to just go do Carson's monologues. Yeah. But uh, that's what I remember. But
0: yeah, it was it, yeah, it, it was that to me was a big breakthrough. But even, like I can't even imagine what like I never stayed there much past 11:30 ever. So like at 1 in the morning it must be what scattered like people, like 10, 15 people.
1: F- 10, 15. I, I, no, it, it's single digits. Mark. <laughs> I I I mean, I <laughs> Sorry, it's
0: been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So your your slow nights in the in the golden era of comedy when you came up was 10, 15 people, man. That's great. That's no uh, no. no, but I
0: wasn't like I didn't like I I didn't that I didn't do that at the store. I did that shit <laughs> yeah. in New York. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So it was it was it was nine people at the beginning of the show and oh, that's then it, great. and then it stayed nine people.
1: That would have felt like Madison Square Garden to me. Nine oh, people? Come on. In the O R? Yeah. Come on. Oh, there was two all- people. There was like one person, two people. It was like that kind of was thing. Was it that?
0: Was that during the downtime? Was it the dark period? Yeah,
1: it was a dark period. So it, no one was going. It, yeah, it, it was. I mean, I mean, that room was clearing out. It's like, as a matter of fact, there'd be times where it'd be just like one person that's just asleep you know, yeah. close this tab, just stay there. You're just kind of like dozing off drunk and you're basically playing to your peers. The yeah. person working the cover booth right. or the lock guy that happened to come in and sat down and watched you. yeah. And, and at that point, it, it's a writing session. Hey, try that again. What if you said this? It's like at that point, it's like, yeah. I, I'll hold the mic and you give me but was that
0: when no one was going to the store in general like the shows weren't that popular sometimes yeah. they'd cancel shows in the OR
1: I was around the time so this it, it, is like it started picking up when I became a paid regular but when I when I'm a door guy yeah the main room is not working it only works on Saturdays right so it, that thing is shut down and then when I became a paid regular I saw um, outside promoter start going into that room and bringing life to it you know during the week um, but yeah, it was. Was that that Tuesdays? Uh, uh, no, uh, Tripping on real. Tuesdays was was Tuesdays, uh, yeah. you know. So Tuesday and and Sunday were the only spots that I was seeing the room be yeah, used yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, it's like, and and then you know over the years to see that there would be like two showings in the main room. That's bonkers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's because I saw it when it was dead dead.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, now it's kind of crazy, huh? Yeah. Or, no. But even then, like you mean when Joe and. uh and uh, what's his name, Mencia and everybody, and like, was that well, you were well, there during that?
1: No, I, I wasn't there during that. I oh. I, I was there when when uh, uh, Joe Joe Rogan and uh, uh, Joey Diaz came back. Like around that time, okay. it's, it's like when I when I saw. It, I, I remember the, them coming back and the place was just bumping. I mean, it was yeah. like sold out main rooms and yeah, yeah. sold out ORs, and it's like wow, it's like um, yeah, it was it was really cool to see kind of like this. So the 15 minutes of performing for nobody.
0: Give you the confidence to kind of start pulling it together. Yeah, you start, talking about yourself.
1: Yeah, you like yeah. you forge, you like you forge this kind of steel. You know, you're you're hammering yeah. away at this red hot steel yeah. before it, like the this kind of like pocket of creativity cools. Yeah, and it's like. You know, I'm I'm going to go talk about this, like my mom wearing diapers. I'm going to go talk about my dad getting cancer and being in denial. You know, yeah. it's like, and, and that's, if if you're going to present something like that, it better be at 1.30 in the morning in a pitch dark room with a couple people. And if you can get some, if you can hear some chuckles and that kind of thing, I'm like, oh, I'm onto something. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you go perform that elsewhere and maybe they're not into it, but it's like, that's the kind of material that I was, I, I later started doing as a paid regular and to be able to, so even as I'm doing my special, I'm not really on the road. I'm I'm not headlining. I'm not doing weekends. Really? So, n- no. It's like I, I got a couple weekends leading up to it, but I pieced the whole hour off of four 15-minute sets. Huh. I'm I'm rotating them as I get the spots, and then it's like That's when I would get one-niners. Huh. Yeah, it's like one-niners. I, I would go in and, and try to like, Do piece the them 45. together. Yeah. No, I, I would do the whole hour. It was four 15s. Oh wow! So, so that's
0: how you were working it at the store.
1: That's how I was working it at the store. And then once I got the
0: where'd you finally get then? Like then where'd you get the hours? You had to, you had to run the whole
1: hour. Yeah, it's, it's like getting closer is when I finally got you know an an agent, and I was started getting like what year is this? So I filmed my special November second, uh, twenty nineteen. Wow! So you like you you weren't headlining. Not not complete weekends, yeah, yeah. It's just one nighters or yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that, wow, so at at that point once i'm on, on on the road leading up to like say the last six months leading up to the thing, it's like I'm having some scattered weekends, like some fallout spots, some one nighters, that kind of stuff, so yeah. at, at at that point it's like the four fifteen minute sets became uh. God, it's breaking like, stuff up in thirds so. that's
0: hard man to, to just sort of be like alright well this like especially at the store where you're like this is this 15 minutes this is this 15 minutes cause it's so easy to get stuck in a habit there yeah you know, cause you just wanna do the shit
1: that works maybe throw a couple new ones in the <laughs> middle right but you're just sort of like no tomorrow I gotta work on this total other one I would trick myself into thinking is like imagine I started comedy right now yeah and and I didn't have the Red Bull banger that I had before <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh. Um, you know, this is what I have right now. So I would go up and force, trick myself, and force myself to do that—that that only oh, yeah. 15 minutes. And and then some weeks I would just do that same 15 over and over again, yeah. working out a joke or whatever. Right. But it was it, it was me tricking myself into. It. And then later, and they're long form too, right? I mean, sometimes
0: it's just two or three stories, right?
1: Yeah, two or three stories. Yeah. So by the time I got to the special, I had mapped everything out. I would love to show you that picture afterwards, but it's like I mapped everything out. So what helped me. Doing four 15 minute sets, what really helped me was callbacks. I have a callback from here to here. Sure. It was like
0: callbacks are like, they're the
1: greatest. Oh, <laughs> yes, they are. They're, they're, they're it makes audiences just like, oh my God. And I know. It's like this kind of smoke thing, it. and the dove flies out of your hands, yeah, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, I got another one going. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So you're going to love the next ones. Four birds come out of my, yeah. yeah.
1: And at that point, it's like, I remember kind of weaving, um, at that point, I got away from the 415s Once I'm, I'm doing like weekends. Yeah, and I, I said I'm going to do three twenties. So beginning, middle, and end. Uh huh.
0: And so- then now, do you headline now, or what do you? Yeah, do? yeah, man. Okay. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm loving it. I'm going in the, I'm going on the road. I was just in Philly. Um, I'm going to Jacksonville, Florida this weekend. I got Brea so, at the end, so it's like I'm loving it.
0: So this is like yeah, it's so wild how you put it together because you didn't do it the, like you didn't go from open. and do feature acts. Yeah, no, I was featuring.
1: Oh, you were. Yeah, I, I was featuring. I've, I've been opening and featuring for so long, but uh, I never had the headlining weekends. You see what I'm saying? And then Pauly took you out. Who else took you out? Yeah, uh, I went on the road with Pauly, Trevino, Russell Peters, Trevina. Steve Byrne. Yeah, uh, yeah a, a ton of people have been. Uh, Steve Renazizi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so many. I'm, I I I hate to list everybody. Well, that's just, the
0: big. That's the big benefit of the store is that I think. You know, yeah, you can go work out, but that someone will be like, let's just go do some dates. Yeah. So it, you can do the work. You can do the real job. Yeah. As opposed to just being one of those rooms over there. Yeah.
1: And I and, and I hate to name everybody just because I feel like I'm going to leave sure. somebody out. But it's like yeah, the store. You're a abs- hundred thousand percent right. It's like you build rapport with these comics, yeah, yeah. and later it's like. Wait, I need somebody open. You, you ready? You ready? Yeah, I'll get somebody to cover my shift, and yeah. you know, yeah. I'll see you there. And then you're you're there an hour before they show up to the, in the green room, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When did you uh, start working in Spanish? That happened a couple years ago. So that was that that actually happened um, when I took my mom to go do like a uh, to go see the Virgin Mary in Mexico City. Uh, the Virgin right be- Mary was there. Yeah, one—not well, the real one. Oh. <laughs> uh, we uh, we went to the cathedral in Mexico oh. City, and uh, so I was going to take her there because she was going to have that surgery, that that oh. brain surgery. Yeah. So it, it was kind of like, a, and 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 in Jewish culture, they call it a mitzvah. You yeah, know, like, kind yeah, of sure. like a trip. Yeah, and uh, so I was taking my mom on this on this trip, and you know, make sure everything was in order. So I took him down there, and that's kind of. I think even a little before that, I had tried it out here, but I did it in Mexico City at this uh, spot called the Shakespeare Forum. Uh huh. And it was great. And it was fun. You just fun.
0: did your regular act?
1: Yeah, I translated stuff. And then that was another learning moment for me because you realize some similes and metaphors and wordplay, double Don't entendres are, are different. You have a different set of right. double entendres and, and puns to work right. with. So um, things weren't working. I had to pivot, adjust. So it's like it felt like I started all over again. Huh. Like I, I felt like I was in the back, like in that pickup truck. But you know home. the language. Second,
0: it's your second. It's your first language. So, well,
1: well my dad would say it's like you're going to end up mute because you can't speak Spanish or English well. It's like eventually you're in this purgatory of yeah. of, of language, yeah, yeah. where you lose kind of this and yeah. you gain that, and vice versa. So, so I, I come to find out that I'm fluent in Spanish, but not Mexico City Spanish. You know? Oh, okay. So it's like that was a realization, and then me working on it and performing and it worked then, but I would say that I'm a lot better now than I was then. Like, this past weekend, actually... No, I was in Oxnard this weekend, so I did the weekend, four shows. Friday and Saturday shows were in English. but At the, the Improv? Sunday, yeah, the Empire, the yeah. Levity Live uh, here in Oxnard. The Sunday show was in Spanish. Uh-huh. And I was able to do... How many people come out? Did you sell it out? Uh, the English ones were like... They, it's the first time where I'm like, oh, wow, like people are coming out, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the Spanish one, it's kind of new. It's a new thing, so sure. it's, it's kind of hard to... Reach kind of the Spanish speaking demographic because maybe they're not plugged into the the emailing list, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that kind of thing. But you know, people did come out and be able to do an hour in Spanish, and it's like a hybrid of like the old hour and the new hour, and just being in the moment. Like I have command of the language now, where I'm like, hey, I I could talk to this audience member. Maybe a little bit of crowd work that sets up another joke. But it's it's a nice
0: place. You're becoming proficient in Spanish with it. Comedy, yeah. yeah. So, like, as far as it does that too, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think Segura does it absolutely,
1: huh? Yeah. So Tom Segura and and like we used to like uh, we put on this show at the at the at the improv in the little lab. Yeah, it was like Francisco Ramos, Fabricio Copano, and I. Yeah, and uh, we, you know, it's like the room holds twenty people. Yeah, and um, Tom Segura and and um, and Felipe were kind enough to come do the show a couple of times and. You know kind of jam out so it was cool it's kind of like doing comedy in spanish just feels like a basketball player, like a uh, working on your left yeah, like, yeah you got to right. work on that you know it feels yeah. good right you know to be able to sink those baskets with your left but yeah you know english is my like i think in english now you yeah know, it's like my dominant but i mean just on a business level
0: you know if you can build out the spanish market for yourself i mean fuck, dude it's a whole other world and there's
1: you know thousands of people yeah I mean, like you know, L.A. Spanish, man. Yeah, I mean Texas, Arizona. <laughs> yeah. There's all these beautiful markets, Miami. But going to Mexico, it's like, it's like I see the Mexican comedians right now killing yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like stand-up comedy as we know it here in the states. It's still yeah. a very like early, young art form in Mexico. I think roughly the the eldest comic in Mexico is like ten years into comedy. Yeah, you know they're putting out specials, you know, year after year. It's like totally new there. It's 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 a gold rush right now. Yeah. You know, people are rushing into premises. Well, why, to, uh, why
0: are you going to go shoot a special in Mexico?
1: Yeah, so I'm 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 going to go shoot it uh, this year. So I have the first hour that I'm that I translated. The dream would be to sell a double special of like Spanish and English for every hour here on out, like right. m- much like a book. You know, Esparza does that. Yeah, Esparza did that. Yeah, yeah, and it it was great, and that has. You know, for a long time been my dream of, like, if I could do that. How do your parents feel now about your choices? My dad still reminds me of this job where I wore a tie. (laughs) And I said, you know, I I, I sold clothes at at, at Robinson's May. It was a department store. Uh He's like, but you wore a tie. Yeah. You know? So my dad still hints at it. My mom's like... Hints at what? He wants you to wear a tie or he wants you to not be a comedian? Not be a comedian. He's like, man, it's like, I don't know, like... Is like, there's a easier way to do this man <laughs> to, do <life? laughs> to do life to do life to kind of I think what it comes down to it's like I think parents don't want you to suffer or have the same path of resistance that sure. they did, so I think they want to lessen that, but it's like you know it's like if only they could r- really comprehend that I'm happy doing this and I want to do it for the rest of my life, and yeah. if it's all when it's all said and done if i if I could just put out special after special it's like.
0: Yeah, man, and I'm you good. keep writing new. Like even last night when I saw you, what's your girlfriend's name? Uh, Adria. Yeah, she's great. Thank it, you. It seems like she's uh, on board. Very supportive. For the, absolutely. For the full ride. Oh yeah. Oh, well, how long has that been going
1: on? A couple years. It's, All right. It's, yeah. 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 A few years actually. Because like I just know like you
0: came out because I know what that audience last night it was a little chaotic. <laughs> it was a little chaotic. Yeah, uh, I did both rooms. Like I wasn't even booked in the main room, but Ross didn't show up till late, so I went on. But it was just one of those nights where it was like you know they they weren't bad but they were just sort of distracted or something and it was just a, you could just feel that weird a little bit of chaos mm-hmm. in the room you know so it, but you could focus on you got enough people laughing to where you you know it could sustain your set yeah and not just be like no i want to fucking leave my body <laughs> but i mean i saw you come out you know and you're like it was great i'm like buzz it though was it
1: great? Uh, and 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 I was very I was very honest. I said for what I'm trying to do, yes, <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I'm doing new premises, and I yeah. wasn't phased by the lack of laughter or you know just whatever little pops I got with the thing I'm, I'm yeah. working on. It's like that was
0: great. Well, when you're doing the new ship, with which is great, you know, like when you finally, because I'm like at that point now, like I don't know where this. A lot of this material I'm doing now came from. Like I'm doing these two hour shows, mm-hmm. and you nice. know some of it, yeah. But some of it's not going to stick, you know, and some of it will. But there, it, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. But I realize like there's things I need to talk about, and you know I have to consciously kind of like, all right, well, figure out, you know, what you want to say, you know, and just get it out there, like. And you know that weird feeling like there's an excitement to doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when it fucking tanks. You just sort of like, well, how committed am I to this and but the thing you start to realize it's like, well, if I believe in it, I gotta make it work. Yeah. And that's the one thing, you know, you don't really talk about to yourself, which is like things can tank, but like it's all it's a if you have faith in it and you keep tweaking shit, and it'll eventually come to life right but but you know there's a lot of things that i do impulsively and i get big laughs and i forget but like when you really focus on something uh-huh. and then you sort of go and you make it work like the only problem with that thing is like you know once it's really working i'm like no that's that's done do you know like you know It's like, so
1: funny we do put a kind of a expiration thing and say all right that's done
0: yeah and like either you keep doing it or you just sort of like that was a good challenge <laughs> right yeah and then it just goes away so the new shit's kind of working
1: Yeah, I think the new stuff is working. Talking about my mom wanting a new walker. Uh huh. That feels good. good. Um, It's something
0: that's all relatable shit, too. I'm finding, you know, talking about grief and my dad's Alzheimer's mm -hmm. and shit. It's like, that's where it's at, dude. Like, in some ways, because, like, all that kind of stuff, like, kind of shouldering, you know, the real challenges Mm -hmm. of life. And, you know, people you love, you know, getting sick or, you know, or you getting sick or losing people. It's like, what else is there really? Right. You want? How, how much can you talk about the fucking Kardashians or,
1: yeah. you know,
0: Amber uh, Heard or whatever the fuck her name is, you know?
1: So, So how do you kind of challenge yourself or like to talk about things that maybe seem a little... Too vulnerable, like when you start talking about your father.
0: Yeah, it's hard to well, like, you know. Like, usually it starts like a pretty, pretty, uh you know, cynical kind of dark. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I feel it out. You know, like there's there's a beat that I'm doing that just never, like, occasionally it'll get the big laugh, and I can't determine what makes it happen or what doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's a matter of like, you know, rising above the sadness of it. It's delicate. Because what you're talking about is sad as fuck. Mm -hmm. So, like, you better have a good relief valve in there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's the challenge, I think, of those jokes. It's like, I'm just, you know, it's like from the get go, this is sad shit, but I've got this little twist Mm -hmm. that's going to turn it around and relieve you of that sadness, literally, you know? Right. You can feel it. Who the fuck knows what makes it happen? I'll stick with shit that's sad, doesn't go any. I'm like, I'm doing a thing on stage It's horrendous. Yeah. It's horrendous, and it's unnecessary. Because I'm literally saying, I don't know if you watched it, but I'm saying, like, I don't know what we're supposed to be doing as comics. Yeah. Like, I can't just entertain you. I, the weight of the world is on all of us, and we know what's going on. It's horrendous. So I say, the metaphor I'm sort of working with as as what our job is, is... um you know when someone's sick and dying in the hospital yeah. and they're, they're gonna die there's yeah. no you know you know what they hear from everybody they know in the weeks leading up to them dying you're gonna get through this man you're strong <laughs> you're gonna do it if you don't worry about it you're gonna kick this thing that's the comedian's job right <laughs> yeah
1: just kind of hold a hand
0: and just uh, of the
1: world of, of the yeah. world it's yeah. like
0: you know uh, but it's see, like again it's not funny but for some reason i think it should be so i, I don't think, know
1: i think it's great and then certain premises it's like it, i i really believe in this thing called standup comedy it's art you know and sometimes you just have to do it for the sake of just doing it i feel like it's such a like a imprint and like being able to get that out and yeah certain jokes aren't aren't, aren't funny you know but they're still jokes yeah. you know there's you know it comes out as a certain way and and I don't know. Comics were so twisted in our minds that sometimes you say something, and you're like, "Oh, that's not going to be like good. It's not going to sit well with me tonight or tomorrow. I'm be thinking like, why did I say that? Yeah. That could have been this.' It's like a am I being for disrespectful? For a year, man.
0: The Red Red Bull for a year.
1: I still I, I tried it last night actually, Mark. <laughs> that's why i said it it, it it was great for what i'm trying to do i'm trying to bring back this red bull wing thing dude i hate fucking like i felt it
0: the other night man when you're on stage and you get that sweat on the back of your neck Ooh. And like, oh
1: man those two beads just racing down the vertebrae Yeah, and have like the yeah, spinal like, cord canal. It, it, you have no control over it but it happens when you gotta work you're up there and you just kind of like lean forward you just feel the elastic of your box just <sighs> snap down when well you yeah because like, like no, you know no. it's
0: like it's ain't landing. it's not landing <laughs> And that still happens, you know. And I and I get off and I'm like, fuck, God, they just saw the sadness.
1: Yeah, I, there was a premise that I tried to tackle that was just like, I think I'm not. Yeah, it's like so. So the idea was that like, you know, my mom's health is bad, but my parents are not married. My 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 dad is now able to um, m- m- marry. So my dad comes to me. He's like. You can't make this shit up. He's like, "Hey, I've, I've been thinking of marrying your mom," and I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. And I don't know what to say. Yeah. And he got really upset because I'm like, "I don't know," you know, take her out for coffee or something, you know. <laughs> and then he's like, "Hey, I'm being freaking real right now, dude." He's like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. And then your com—it's it, it, such a weird, touchy thing for me. But at the same time, like the the comedic mind to kind of let yeah. the comedy in these yeah. painful, yeah, vulnerable moments, yeah. It's like you know, start thinking of the premises, like, well, who's going to have to marry him? You know, yeah. it's like, my parents don't <laughs> yeah. speak or read English. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be officiating the thing. It's like going into, like, these hypothetical premises. yeah, 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 yeah like, yeah. you know, my mom is hard of hearing. Yeah. Mom, do you take that? Yeah, as, yeah, you know, yeah. And it's like, that's what relieves the pain, I think. And presenting that on stage, it's like, like just like you said, it's like, ah, shit, the audience saw the sadness in there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, gotta, <laughs> I, I gotta tweak that a little bit yeah it's not ready let's just, let that brew a little bit it's just coming out sad
0: yeah, yeah. well it's alright man it's like uh, well that's I mean that's the real risk of it you know if you're just doing jokes that are just jokes and you're just doing them like math problems yeah. you can just reel them off and they're like well that would they like but when you like, because I go all in all the time and you do that too where you just put your heart into it so when they don't work you're like yeah. it's not just sort of like the embarrassment of a joke not working it's like oh my God, it's got a little heartbreak. Got a little heartbreak <laughs> yeah. there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all right. We're, we're tough. Good talking to you, man. Thank you so much for having me. Jesus Trejo. Go see him if he's coming to your town, and you can also watch him on his Tacos Contodo show. Here's a messy guitar riff that I tried to pull together, uh, and I kind of fucked it up here and there. But I rolled with it, I rolled with it, I rolled with the mud and the sludge. On to cat angels everywhere